came out just last night of the of the Hunter Biden iCloud hack. Good morning. Good morning and happy Monday, everybody over in Clubhouse. If you guys want the full interactive experience, come join us on Twitter Spaces. I believe uh, Susan has put the link in there. If not, I'm about to post it again. We will be live audio piping in the uh, everything going on in our Twitter space. But the link is now up at the top of the screen over in Clubhouse. If you guys want to join us for the full interactive um, situation there, please use that link. But also, we will be setting up our Discord this week, so you guys can get in uh, your full shit-talking uh, mode over <laughs> on, disc, uh, on Discord for our very own uh, back channel with that. We're going to be figuring that out this week, too. So thank you, everybody, for sticking with us. We have Nanogram back in the building today, as long as she can... Um, Figure out how to activate her microphone. We'll have her back on on Twitter Spaces. Can some of the other speakers please tell Nanogram how to accept a uh, how to accept or even how to request to be a speaker, just like Shalina just did. Is she doing it? No. I'm gonna go ahead and and get started with the uh, with the pre-show stuff. Give me one second. You are tuned into the State of Cannabis News Hour, where industry leaders, regulators, and lovers of cannabis gather collectively to move policy forward in an inclusive and sustainable way. Professionals and cannabis curious alike can tune in to hear leading cannabis experts share and discuss headlines, critical industry issues, social topics, and more. The State of Cannabis News Hour, your daily dose. Susan, you with us yet? I guess not. Let's get it started. <laughs> Without you, want to start with the intro, Jason? Just do it like we did last week until Susan gets the figures out her buttons. Uh, yeah. If we're gonna do that, give me just one second. You get like the first paragraph off, and I, I will read off the the stories for the day. Today is the eleventh. Hope everyone knows what that means. It's National Slurpee Day. <laughs> Hi, welcome to the State of Cannabis News Hour, where we bring you all the top stories you need to know and talk about them for four minutes and 20 seconds. We are a group of experts in different cannabis spaces with a wide diversity of perspectives and life experiences. Our news is bite-sized and infused with a nice mix of facts, opinions, and a pinch of humor, of course. It's, it's Monday. July 11, 2022, and this is episode 319, and I'm Jason Beck, the longest continuous retail operator of cannabis in the United States of America. Um, today, we will be talking about a judge in London telling a man, we're surprised if people aren't found in possession of cannabis in any case. Um, in Connecticut, one Connecticut community is allowing smoking weed in public on the sidewalks while other towns shun it altogether. Um, also, biodetection, a canine company partners with Purdue University and trains canines to detect diseases in hemp. Uh, La Mesa increases in uh, management salaries. Cannabis revenue um, is exceeding projections. Uh, Snoop Dogg. Trolls Biden with Sleepy Joe OG premium cannabis strain. Uh, Mississippi physicians uh, are preparing for medical cannabis and many are keeping quiet. And the DEA may find itself in federal court yet again over refer refusal to provide psilocybin access. Um, audience, please feel free to raise your hands if you want to weigh in on a headline after it's being read and we'll try to bring you up on stage. Please keep it brief and relevant. Or you may get the, where is it? 
So kicking off the show today is myself, Rico Lamid, the dopest dad on the street. I am the founder of Cannavision Global Decentralized Media, and I like to ask the questions that mainstream media refuses to ask. Um, I'm here to encourage other dope dads in the industry to do your damn thing, take care of your family, make your money, and it's okay to come out of that green closet. You can find me on a TEDx stage somewhere or at one of my Cannavision events, but you can always find me here every weekday as co-producer of this show with my photo negative, Jason Beck himself. All right. So my story today, coming from across the pond, is coming um, the judge tells a man, we're surprised if people aren't found in possession of cannabis in London. So my story is coming from the, the Cumbrian Crack, which I must say is an excellent name for a newspaper. It seems the judges over in London are speaking out about local laws needing to be updated to reflect uh, the science-backing medical ban benefits of cannabis and psychedelics. A wokeness, if you will, I believe our judicial system would benefit greatly from as well. Joe William Foster, 25-year-old Cumbrian man, was sentenced Friday for illegal drug possession by a judge in Carlisle who told the court in London... We are surprised if people aren't found in possession of cannabis. Forrester attended the city's Crown Court without legal representation as a third week of strike action by barristers across London and Wales got underway. Back on October 9th, police stopped an Audi he was driving and found a single clear bag containing magic mushroom stocks in the driver's side door, 19 more individual bags underneath his seat. Upon further inspection at his home, they found a, quote, personal use amount of cannabis in his bedroom. During an April magistrate's court hearing, Forrester pleaded guilty to illegal possession of both Class B for cannabis and Class A controlled drug containing a psychedelic compound for the magic mushrooms, as well as having in no auto insurance for the Audi he was driving when he was stopped. The pleas put Forrester, the guilty pleas put Forrester in breach of a suspended prison sentence imposed March 2021 for possession of an imitation firearm. At Friday's sentencing, Forrester opted to be sentenced without being legally represented, claiming he couldn't get in touch with his lawyer. Recording Samantha, um, recorder Samantha Preslin, they call their judges recorders over there. Um, the judge presiding over his case said a, a pre-sentence report detailed his compliance with other elements of the suspended sentence order, or SSO, um, and that he was a model defendant before extending the SSO's length two months for his recent breach. During the drug possession, Forrester was ordered 50 hours for the drug possession. Forrester was out ordered 50 hours unpaid work and six penalty points added for driving with no insurance. Preslin told the defendant, try and stay out of trouble before declaring a few observational trends with recent cases in Croydon. Quite frankly, in London, we are surprised if people aren't found in possession of cannabis. Uh, she then spoke on psilocybin being, quote, used in various medical studies to break the chain of anxiety and depression, end quote. And finally closed her statement by saying, hopefully one day the law will catch up to the science because it does seem to make a mockery of the current system where drugs are tested time and time again and are found to be incredibly effective in breaking the chain of anxiety and depression. Holy shit, this came from a judge. Can we finally get some woke-ass judges like Preslin in America? I know American conservatives have yet again hijacked a slang term that originated in the black community of wokeness, but this is what wokeness is, knowing what the fuck is going on and trying to push forward the conversation to be along with it. This is Rico Lamit, the dopest dad on the street for State of Cannabis News Hour. I would like to hear from anybody with knowledge of, Brent, uh, of uh, the UK and the UK's court systems, maybe even our very own Boof Free Blow. What say you about this uh, judge and her wokeness, Jason Beck? I mean, anytime uh, uh, communities are updating with the times um, to get away from draconian drug law policy, I think is a good thing. And I will say this is, you know, all the times that I've been in London, not just the last time, but the other times, um, I pretty much have smoked weed everywhere. London is one of the most amazing countries to smoke weed in because it, because the people of London have some of the best 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 practices where they just mind their business and keep to their own i gotta get over there man it's fucking amazing and it's amazingly expensive too it's expensive in a good way well you know i mean I, I, yeah it's expensive in a good way if, if expensive is a good way 
<laughs> I guess so. Anybody else with any comments on the judges and their wokeness? Can you can you at least say that the judge is woke in a good way, Jason? Can I get you to say that? No, because wokeness is toxic and no one should be woke. They should maybe be awake to see what the fuck is going on. But fucking wokeness is a fucking disease. So if you're against wokeness, that, that means that you are 100% for sleepy, blo- uh, <laughs> sleepy Joe Biden. No, no, and no, because Joe Biden is probably one of the wokest presidents America's ever had. Probably one of the worst presidents America's ever had. Look, how can you be woke and sleepy at the same time, though? I don't get it. Um, because he's a daydreamer, bro. He's a daydreamer. <laughs> Daydream believer, baby. Let's keep smoking the motherfucking beer. <laughs> All right, up next, like I said, he is my photo negative, the longest continuously operating retailer in the world with an affinity for smoking the best weed globally. Also, a side note, he likes to identify and eradicate Boof worldwide and is known here as the uh, industry's very own Kaiser Brose in Detroit. What's your name, Jason? They call me White Gucci. Ah, yeah. Coming up to the stage next, Jason Beck. What you got for us on this beautiful Monday morning, my man? Oh, yes. Today, good morning, everyone. Happy Monday. That's right. It's the top of the week. It's time to get it, get it, get it because it is July and it's the summertime. This is the era of selling weed. This is when you can actually make some money. Um, but nonetheless, one Connecticut community only allows smoking weed in public on a sidewalk. And other towns are less clear on the rules. Many Connecticut cities and towns have moved quickly to impose bans and moratoriums on cannabis establishments within their borders. But local officials have been slow or have yet to establish rules regarding public consumption of cannabis within their municipalities. Included in Connecticut's 300-page adult-use cannabis law, parts of which went into effect last July, is a requirement that cities with a population greater than 50,000 residents designate a location where public consumption is allowed. The provision only applies to cities that choose to regulate the public use of cannabis, and the law does not specify a deadline for selecting an area or include any enforcement measures to ensure cities comply. 19 municipalities meet the population guidelines, and local officials in many of those cities have either opted not to impose any rules limiting public use, or at least not yet, or are implying to treat weed the same way they do cigarettes. Milford, with a population of about 53,000, was the first among the group to prohibit pot smoking in public, including city parks and recreational areas. Uh, Across Connecticut, people can still smoke marijuana on their private property. Milford's board of aldermen voted last August to ban public consumption use or smoking of any cannabis-type substances and established a $50 fine for each offense. Ooh, that's a whole lot of money. The aldermen voted in October to designate a section of the sidewalk on Rose's Mill Road near Barnes & Noble at the Walmart parking lot for cannabis consumption. Bridgeport has enacted zoning rules. dictating where cannabis growing and retail facilities can be located, but has not yet attempted to regulate consumption. Instead, the city is relying on existing laws governing tobacco use. We are relying upon existing ordinances that speak to where smoking may be permitted or prohibited. It is, for example, prohibited in city parks. Bill Coleman, Deputy Director of Bridgeport Office of Planning and Economic Development, said by email this past week, in the future, the city council could choose to limit where marijuana consumption is allowed but so far the focus has been on zoning as has been the case in many other cities and towns new haven similarly plans to allow cannabis smoking where cigarette smoking is permitted in may and justin Eckler has proposed an ordinance that would ban pot smoking in indoor public spaces where cigarette smoking is already prohibited per state law but generally allow it outdoors including sidewalks porches parks and with some exceptions cannabis use would also be prohibited where posted which can include areas around hospital campuses, the New Haven Green, and within 25 feet of state and federal buildings. The proposed ordinance is allowed is, is awaiting a vote by the New Haven Board of Elders after undergoing review by several other municipal bodies. Uh, Greenwich was among the first cities to ban the sale of cannabis, but has not acted to limit public consumption, so no designation area exists. Bristol, Darby, East Hartford, Fairfield, 
Mamden and Meridian have taken no action at this point either. And officials in Stanford uh, say the state's second largest city are tr- are trending cautiously for now, while surrounding by while surrounded by towns that have banned or placed moratoriums on recreational marijuana sales. Stanford does not have any explicit rules governing cannabis. Mayor Caroline Simmons has said new rules will come as needed. Meanwhile, her administration has emphasized the importance of balancing economic development with the equality of public safety. Some city officials have expressed concerns over where people can smoke and have called for policies governing consumption. I can tell you, if you come down to Leon Park at any given time, you can smell it. City Representative Jeffrey Stella, District 9, said in an interview with Hearst Connecticut Media Group this spring. Well, I think this is fantastic news and personally makes me want to go take a trip to Connecticut just so I can smoke weed wherever the fuck I want without really having to be subjected to anything more than a $50 fine. It makes me think of uh, that Nas song, uh, Imagine Smoking Weed in the Streets Without Cops Harassing. And this is Jason Beck reporting from State of News Hour. Imagine going to court with no trial, lifestyle, cruising blue Bahama waters, no welfare supporters, more conscious of a way we raise our daughters. Yes, Jason. Yes, indeed. Get me hyped up on some Nas on Monday morning. Oh, yeah. I think Adam from the audience has something to say about this article. Yeah, I actually, uh, I wanted to point out, I come from Wisconsin, which is an illegal state. I now live in Colorado, which is the saving grace of my life. Um, But uh, Madison, Wisconsin decriminalized in 1977, and you were allowed to publicly have up to an ounce on you. And then at the end of 2020 or 2019, I don't remember which, they decriminalized further, and it's just like that. Anywhere you can smoke a cigarette, you can smoke weed or use cannabis in any way, shape, or form that you want to. And uh, you, you could be standing on City Hall property talking to the chief of police, ripping out of the hugest bong. You could take a 28-gram hit out of a bong, and he could do absolutely nothing while it does remain illegal in the state. What's up, with, what's up with Wisconsin now, though? Why are they um, facing so much pushback? Is it from the um, is it from Scott Walker still uh, oppressing uh, a bunch of uh, draconian pushback for the liberals uh, from his political grave? Is that, is that what's going on? It is not. It comes down to five words, and these five words make up the the lobbying group with the most sway in Wisconsin. Ooh. The Tavern League of Wisconsin. Tavern owners don't want to lose money, and and they will, and they know it. Once Wisconsin realizes that they could have consumption lounges, lounges that are open and have bars that are serving cannabis drinks, tavern owners will get on board. But it's just taking forever for them to figure that out. Uh, so it's the old money pushing back. Makes sense. Thanks for that insight. Old money is the best money. <laughs> no, it's not. Uh, Wait, so, um, thanks for the insight, though, for real. This is where you use those dog walker joints, you know, so you can be on the sidewalk walking your joint and get like those little small ones. They seem perfect for that, walking down the sidewalk. I think it's great that they finally appreciate that and they should definitely allow it at the dog parks. Yes, indeed. And they're a great, co- they're a great come up for money too, because you can sell less weed for, for, for a premium price. That's why Jeter's. Yeah, that's why Jeter's is number one. Yes, they are, but that's why Jeter's are number one in the fucking state of California. People want that small shit, and they'll pay a premium for it. No idea why, because they don't want to roll their fucking own. Probably. I love the name Dog Walker. Cracks me up every time. Yes, indeed. Well, it's just handy, you know. I mean, you're walking your dog. You can have like a little mental break for yourself too. I mean, you don't waste a lot. I don't know. Just saying. Oh no, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this for for. Calling them dog walker joints, I feel sorry for the dogs out there because they're not getting any kind of walk with the amount of. But by the time you fucking like that shit, that shit's fucking gone. I, I used to walk my dog with a full fucking blunt, fat as fuck. Yeah, see now that's now that's a healthy dog walk right there. Did you have a greyhound? At <laughs> Australian cattle dog last, and before that, at a German shepherd. Yeah, I got a smaller dog. He's like a minpin chihuahua cross, so it's just about the perfect size for us. <laughs> <laughs> Let's keep smoking the news, Jason. All right, coming up next is a cannabis wizard who holds a PhD in tripping balls and has over 33 years in the game in sales, genetics, and cultivation. Matthew St. Germain is doing his damnedest to continue the work of the Merry Pranksters in the Brotherhood of Eternal Love. Now the co-host of What's Good 
the Cannabis Flower and Hash Review Show on YouTube, and the host of Radio Free Earth Podcast, everywhere you get your Apple Podcasts. It's none other than Matthew St. Germain. Morning, y'all. Happy Monday. Uh, my story today is uh, a really an important one, at least for myself. I think this is, is a really good one. California is seeking to standardize marijuana testing to prevent THC laboratory shopping. California marijuana regulators are seeking input on proposed rules to standardize cannabis testing methods in the state, an effort that officials hope will stop marijuana businesses from laboratory shopping to find facilities that are more likely to show higher THC concentrations that they can then boast for their products. While there are already statewide rules in place that require cannabis products to be tested for cannabinoid content and possible contaminants, licensed testing laboratories don't currently share a uniform methodology, meaning the results of marijuana analyses might differ from facility to facility. Because of consumer demand for high THC products, the state says it's aware of instances where cannabis businesses shop around for laboratories to find ones where the testing methodology tends to produce results showing more of the intoxicating cannabinoid. To help address the issue, the California Department of Cannabis Control, the evil theme song, DCC, announced on Friday that it is initiating a rulemaking process to develop standardized testing methods that every licensed laboratory would need to adopt. One of the challenges we face in regulating an industry that is not federally recognized is a lack of standardized and validated methods for testing, DCC Director Nicole Elliott said in a press release. Individual, licensed laboratories use different methods which may produce inconsistent results and inaccurate data on cannabis cannabinoid content. DCC is working to change so that there's greater integrity in the market, accurate information for consumers, and confidence among stakeholders. The DCC is accepting public comment on proposed cannabis testing methodology regulations until August 2nd. For those who want to testify in person, there is a public hearing in Sacramento scheduled for August 1st. And I would just like to say, like, uh, yes, I love when people try to tell me they have 40% uh, THC, and I hold up the bud, and I, I hold my finger to it, and I, I tell them, like, so just under half of all of this is THC then. So when I break it open, I'm going to see THC crystals in the stem, right? And, and further, this is one of the reasons why I started my show, What's Good, is to get everybody off the cannabinoid uh, number shopping because it's turning the legal cannabis market into malt liquor, extravaganza shopping and we're trying to get people back onto terpenes terpenoids the aesthetic the aesthetic experience of, uh, of smoking cannabis because cannabis is so much more than just trying to get high and obliterate yourself this is matthew st germain for the state of cannabis news hour boy when the state implements these uh these statewide testing uh standards it's definitely going to put a lot of labs out of business i i think so i think so but 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 rightfully so as well I think it's I, I'm totally with it. I'm totally yeah. with it. The reality is that it gives the consumer a false sense of reality when purchasing a product, and and they think that they're actually purchasing something with that high level when really that shit is blue. No, 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 no. <laughs> but how much education are we really going to continue to have to do? I mean, I think that there's a lot. A lot. So it's it's challenging. I mean, and a lot of people don't. Companies are short on money. They don't want to put money in education. As an educator, I've dealt with that for a long time. So. I mean, there's a, there's a shit ton. I mean, I as, a, as, a, as a long-time cannabis snob, I have been educating people since the uh, very late 1980s, and I will continue to do so. Again, that's why we have our show. And one of the things for everybody here as you talk to people, one of the things we talk to, to folks about is companies, flower companies especially, getting terpene numbers on their products because you can use terpene numbers as a much easier peer into whether you're getting quality cannabis or not. You know, if you, if you have 1% or less terpenes, that's going to be a, a quickly dried, over dried, and most likely harsh and at least bland smoke. If you have something that's hitting 25 to 4% terpenes, it had to have been cured well. It had to have been treated well, and you're going to have a much, much better experience. I hope y'all are picking. I hope y'all are picking up those gems that Matthew's dropping right there. But um, I just wanted to, to to note that this is right in line. I always say follow the money and follow the broader stories. With the DEA making their target of December 2022 to have standardized DEA approved testing for all of the quote unquote hemp industry. So if, if California is seeking to do this right now, they will be in line and ready to be taken over DEA testing, taking over the, the labs over in California too, to have standardized testing across the board. Say, look at the larger macro trends here and the shit that they have been broadcasting since last year. I covered that story last November. Besides bringing better integrity to the industry at large, it'll also save consumers money as they won't be paying for THC levels that are not there. 
Right. Consumers are always going to be paying for THC levels until there's a public education campaign to educate the consumer based on what to look for when they're purchasing weed since they can't open up a jar and smell it anymore. I said THC levels that are not there. I didn't say THC, period. They may be trying to get a high THC level, but now they're paying for THC levels that are not even there. So it will save money. Yeah, but it's the placebo effect. They think they're there, so they're there for them. But then you're also trying to translate to these people. Like, look at uh, what was their uh, the whole crap. Uh, they were like putting the names on the cannabis. We know that that name like Calm Cool Cruise Create crap. Oh, but the yeah. thing is, it's trying to put that to people understand. And like when we talk terpenes, like I'm with you guys 100. I think almost everybody in this room knows that. But the thing is, it's like the consumer doesn't know that. You start talking terpenes, and you lose these people a lot. So you've got to find like a, a way to kind of you know get them in a simpler way. Because just putting like mercine on that or limonene doesn't give them a lot of times enough information on their quick decision making to buy this you know we it, need it really should be contingent on the on the stores that have cornered the market and have been driving all of these brands to bankruptcy to do the education and i would point at mercy wellness in the north bay um, they use the sc labs terpene classification system and they make sure that all their bud tenders and everybody who works on the floor is well versed in terpene uh, 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 semantics and is able to translate that to their to their buyers and so what you see there is you see a robust menu with low thc and high thc items everything really fun to smoke and customers making more informed choices i love the amount of education we're cutting out on this monday morning yeah. mercy wellness has an amazing buyer over there too by the way. shout out to brandon and chris joe big joe and uh shout out to brandon doing the motherfucking thing up there big shout out to norcal uh, they need proper bud tender training. That's what I was going to say. Agreed. Let's keep smoking the news. He's a communication strategist and publisher of the American Cannabis Report, but also an amazing storyteller that's gotten a reliable, more reliable delivery and smoother than DoorDash on a lazy Sunday afternoon. All about truth, justice, and getting the American people dope weed news stories. And um, coming up next, with a little bit of Monday heat for that ass, Christopher Smith. What you got for us today, Superman? Good morning. Good morning. Thank you so much, uh, Rico. And hi, hi out there, Susan. And uh, Mr. Beck, you didn't know it was your birthday, did you? Well, here's a little story. This gift wrap just for you. Snoop Dogg trolls Biden with Sleepy Joe OG premium cannabis. So he's Arguably one of the greatest rappers of all time, of course, having been in the music game since, I didn't know this, 1992. I had to look that up, white boy that I am. But 30 years, my how time flies. Some of the greatest songs, collaborations of our generation, 10 consecutive gold records, 34 films, 25 TV series, and Martha, Martha, Martha Stewart, that is, a sweet girl from my hood, and all from L.A., bitches, and there's that. But now, Snoop is poking the nose of the biggest dog on the block, Joe Biden. He posted on his Instagram a package of a new strain called Sleepy Joe OG. The package features an image of a confused Biden with the words, where am I? This is all for you, Jason. Sleepy, o Sleepy Joe OG premium cannabis promises to be so kick-ass, you won't even remember what country you're in. But seriously, I think it's so great to see that some people have not forgotten one of the key ingredients to great weed is that it's fun. It's absolutely critical medicine for some and powerful opportunity for economics and for social justice. At the same time, at the very same time, weed takes you out of the grind for a while, puts a smile on your face, expands your imagination, and God knows we all need that. So people love Snoop. They love this new branding. I just looked at the post. There are more than 500,000 likes and almost 10,000 comments already, including uh, Snoop, hook me up. I need whatever Joe's smoking. Uh, did I do I hit that and get my vote back? Uh, don't ride a bike after you hit this. He wrote uh, some someone wrote referring to how Sleepy Joe fell off his bike in Delaware last week. Um, that shit will get you as high as the gas prices. Uh, please help a senior out. Send a care basket. And I think my comment was pretty good. So strong. It will make you forget to decriminalize weed. So, Jason, I've teed up a sweet story for you. Any chance you might like to say something about Snoop's fine new strain? But before I hand it over. There's one more comment from Snoop's post. Hey, Tino's Genetics has got some Trump strain called Rotten Peaches. 
go, Jason. Oh, well, you know, it, this is, uh, th I love this story. I mean, this bag has been uh, circulating social media for at least the last year. So I think it's fantastic that Snoop wants to pick it up and try to do something with it. And I'm not sure if all of you guys uh, know on the bag, it says you'll be so high, you don't even know what country you're in. And my other, I don't know if you guys have heard about the new strain that they're actually working on, but it's called Pedo Peter Cottonmouth. Dive a little, extrapolate on that meaning of that, uh, Jason. <laughs> oh, well, for anyone that doesn't know, uh, Hunter Biden's laptop was uh, just hacked, or his iCloud was just hacked, and there's a brand new crack video with Hunter Biden arguing with a stripper about the weight of crack cocaine. It's about 20 grams of crack cocaine on the scale, and he's telling her that it's new. Okay? And there's a whole host of other shit that's all circulating the internet, so fucking troll along with me on this oh lord <laughs> I, think, I don't think hunter biden was elected and i i think that uh anybody who chooses to do drugs should, and is a private citizen you, should be left alone you you are right but hunter biden is not a private citizen and he was not elected but he is technically the president in charge because he's his father's handler <laughs> oh my oh my god <laughs> Snoop for this because you know I'm profoundly disappointed in President Biden and his stance on cannabis since he took office. So kudos to Snoop. Agreed. Got to tweet the bear on this one. He's right. And I, I, I got nothing, man. <laughs> I think that um. I encourage everyone to go on to Snoop's page and leave a funny comment and encourage them to come out and make sure that it's released on 420. The pedo Peter. You know, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say about the the, the Hunter Biden stuff like yeah it may be true he may not be in office right now but the more that liberals react to conservatives or, or the trolls talking shit about it the more you're gonna get shit like this so ignore it or it's gonna get worse <laughs> just give me yeah, I have one last jokes. comment I, actually, I say it only gonna get better <laughs> I, I see hope for a for a uh, for a bending of the ways between liberals and conservatives as Hunter Biden and Donald Trump Jr. both share their love of cocaine oh my so god tell him take a what take it take him tell, tell him to take a take a uh, drug test i would love to see the results of hunter uh, of, of not hunter biden but um uh, donald jr's drug test guarantee yeah, he will pop positive for cocaine Did you go to the bathroom with them? <laughs> let's keep. Sorry, Rico. That's the other side of the fence. Isn't cannabis bringing people together, all, uh, like from both sides? Because we're laughing about it, and I think comedy is huge, especially where we're at nowadays with the state of things. I think any comedy is good and any stress relief. So I say props, Snoop. You know, we we got to be able to laugh at ourselves. So let's do it. Laugh at ourselves and laugh at our. Yeah. Keep, keep, keeping it light. Who we got next, Jason? Let's keep smoking. Hold on. Oh, 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 we have the relight. We have the relight. We have the relight. The gaslight. Susan, you back with us? Or am I still on the deck? I guess this. <laughs> you are tuned in to the State of Cannabis News Hour. Your daily do. The thoughts and opinions expressed in the State of Cannabis News Hour are those of the individual speakers and not those of any other speaker, the State of Cannabis, or its members. The statements made in the State of Cannabis News Hour do not constitute legal or accounting advice in the State of Cannabis. Cannabis speakers make no representation regarding the legal status of any substance in any country, area, or territory, or of any authorities. The views expressed in this room do not establish any fiduciary relationship. The sponsorships of the State of Cannabis News Hour do not imply or constitute any endorsement by the State of Cannabis or the expression of any opinion whatsoever on the part of the State of Cannabis or any speaker. Let's keep smoking the news. What we got next, Jason? Cannabis case. 
prompting calls for domestic reform. The White House is maintaining that WNBA star Brittany Griner is wrongfully detained in Russia, even after she pleaded guilty to unlawfully possessing cannabis-based cartridges in the country. But as American officials continue to seek her release, questions are being raised about whether federal marijuana prohibition in the U.S. is undermining its position in the case. Some wondered whether Griner's guilty plea to a charge punishable by up to 10 years in prison would impact the State Department's earlier designation of the athlete as a wrongfully detained American national. But at a briefing on Thursday, White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre repeatedly affirmed that the U.S. stance has not changed. She said, We believe that the Russian Federation has wrongfully detained Brittany Griner, and she is in intolerable circumstances right now. We are going to do everything that we can. The president has this top of mind and to make sure that we can get Brittany home safely. We've been clear from day one that when it comes to U.S. nationals who are being held abroad, who are being held wrongfully detained, wrongfully, who have been hostage, we are going to do everything that we can, use every means that we have to bring them home. Uh, reforms to U.S. federal marijuana policies wouldn't change the fact that the Russia enforces severe penalties for marijuana, but the ongoing criminalization of cannabis domestically has gone ignored by, hasn't gone ignored by Russian officials. A spokesperson for the country's foreign minister has made clear that they feel there was nothing improper, improper about the athlete's February detention at a Moscow airport, as he made a point to say that marijuana possession is also punishable in some U.S. states. Uh, Maritza Perez, director of the Office of National Affairs at the Drug Policy Alliance, told Marijuana Moment that the U.S. exported the drug war across the globe, and Brittany Griner is the latest high-profile victim of these policies. There are several factors that can lead the U.S. to classify someone as wrongfully detained in a foreign country, so it's possible that officials aren't facing the designation on the question of innocence or guilt, per se. It could be that the case that they believe Griner is being held for political reasons amid ongoing tension over Russia's invasion of Ukraine or is leveraged to negotiate a prisoner swap. A Moscow correspondent for NPR who has been in the courtroom covering the case speculated that it may have been a letter that President Joe Biden sent to Griner that influenced her to make a guilty plea as a diplomatic strategy. In any case, advocates say that the situation underscores the need to end marijuana prohibition at the federal level to serve as an example to other countries that also continue to criminalize people over cannabis. Biden himself campaigned on unfulfilled promises to reform marijuana laws. Just like the U.S. set the drug war precedent, it must be the leader in dismantling its harm, uh, according to Perez. She said, ending federal marijuana prohibition is a common sense first step. If marijuana had been legalized in the U.S., this country would be better positioned to fight for her release, and other countries would undoubtedly also move away from drug war policies like marijuana prohibition. I cannot agree more heartily uh, with Perez. Um, I think our country's stance on the federal prohibition um, has greatly impeded uh, Joe Biden in moving forward to try and get Brittany Griner out. Uh, that being said, um, Brittany Griner was caught in Russia with an illegal substance over there, and so they're doing what they do. Um, and there have been plenty of other Americans who've sat over there for much longer than six months. Um, so I think the diplomatic process is going to take quite a while to get her out. Um, and our current position on federal legalization does not help because any move by the Biden administration to bring her back makes it look as if they are endorsing then marijuana, which Joe Biden does not want to do. This scratcher for State of Kansas News Hour. Well, hypocrisy is the middle name of the federal American government, so I'm not surprised. They certainly ought to defend American citizens and not worry about whether it looks like they're supporting weed or not. Support an American citizen. I agree, and I also think that I wonder if, like, she pled guilty just to yes. expedite the process and, like, you know, continue moving forward instead of fighting it. So yeah, potentially yeah, and that's that's why I would I would highly refrain anybody from speaking in absolutes from this. Um, a lot of political prisoners will plead guilty to expedite the process and get them on the trading block, if you will. So I think. We're, 
I'm personally going to refrain from uh, stating absolutes in this until we get all of the details like later on down the road, if she gets exchanged for another high priced criminal or, or not. I think we'll hear the, the, the full story. But like I said, we are in the fog of war here. And um, a lot of that stuff that's pushed out to the media right now is nothing more than nothing more, nothing less than propaganda. Well, and I mean, I think a major issue also with trying to negotiate a release is they want, you know, a major criminal in exchange for a chick who's carrying a couple of vape cartridges. Um, The Biden administration doesn't feel that rises to the same level, so they don't want to give this guy up. Um, And that's going to be an issue for her. I just disagree. disagree with the administration on that one. I just disagree. We, we don't know if that is the absolute truth. We know that's what, what she was charged with. We know that's what she's pleading for. But we also know that that is going to get her on the trading block quicker than her pleading not guilty and trying to fight the case and just getting buried under the jail. I, I don't care at all about her, her cannabis like, pleading guilty or not guilty. I don't think that's a fact. What the factor is, is in the Biden administration's eyes, that is such a low crime compared to who they're trying to exchange her for. And so that's not going to that's not going to do the deal. Maybe it also gets out Whalen, um, who's been sitting there now for over three years, uh, to say, all right, you want this really bad guy? Give us two of our Americans. Um, I think Brittany's going to have to get used to sitting in a Russian jail for a bit longer. I would say the, so- the social uh, value of getting her out of there is a lot more valuable than a lot of the... Uh, um the people in the military and everything because American morale is so fucking low right now abroad. So uh, just simply a, a, a simple switch for prisoner for prisoner of, of high value um, um, in military sense. I, I think that is a, a lot less um, uh, on the on the top of minds of people than getting Joe Biden the political points needed with the black community, especially in the sports community who have been opening openly supporting his ass. And that's more of what matters right now. It's marketing. What he cares about is votes in the fall for the midterms. And frankly, how many other African-Americans have ever been detained over there? Exactly. That's, that's, I'm agreeing with you that on, on that point. I'm, I'm agreeing with you on that. Listen, Gretchen, I'm, I'm 100 I'm 100% agreeing with you on that point. That's what I'm saying. Like that's why Brittany Griner matters so much right now because in the world, marketing matters, positioning matters, and perception matters. And a lot of Americans don't give a fuck about like war criminals in other countries um, that have probably been locked up for shit that we shouldn't be doing as American government, and we've been in the dark uh, about. Period. So uh, I'm, I'm agreeing with you on that uh, on that sense, uh, Gretchen, that, and that's why I think that Brittany Griner is, is such a high profile and high value uh, um, case. Part of, me, part of me wonders what has really changed in the past six months, uh, because at the beginning of her detention, the Biden administration couldn't care less. Um, you know, folks from the administration were coming out and pretty much saying she deserved it uh, for committing a crime. Because so, what, what has changed is the black community, the black uh, women community, the LGBTQ uh, community and the athletic community got tired of fucking closing their mouths about a case that matters to them. And they got tired of Joe Biden not delivering on other promises, too. And it, so instead of listening, continuing to listen to the Biden administration telling them, oh, we got this handle, we got this, you got to keep your mouth shut. They're like, fuck that. You're not helping us with shit else. We're going to start talking about our girl and we need to free her over there. Perception matters and, 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 and what the people say fucking matters. And Joe Biden is caving to that fucking pressure. And I say Russia's also played, played a big role in, in pumping her up in the, the headlines. You know, they, they could have not said oh, yeah. anything about her at all. But right. They, they but, know she has the name recognition. And they, they own Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say this is, you know, who Brittany, Brittany G needs to needs to partner up with in order to make her exchange something that the Biden administration would accept is she needs to get a hold of Edward Snowden and her and Edward Snowden need to come out as a package together to go for whatever the other terrorist fucking Russian fucking dude that we have that they want to exchange it for. I'm sorry, the, the Patriots who were revealed, the malfeasance of the uh, NSC and... Uh, yeah, and because the Biden administration loves to silence people, so they would definitely have an interest in locking up Edward Snowden. Uh, I believe we've got that backwards, but let's move on. Let's keep, let's keep smoking the motherfucking news. Obama created the NSA, bro, and Joe Biden was right there. Hold on. Obama created the NSA? Is that, is that true? No. No. <laughs> 
not even wrong there, Jason. Not, not even. I didn't think so. So up next. <laughs> Our next correspondent decided to trade in his issued gun and badge for speaking on the issues with a blunt and a notepad. This dope dad and former cops, a security consultant at CC Security Solutions, and also a dope Faja here to deliver some Monday news. Chris Eggers, what you got for us today, my man? Hello, hello. Happy Monday, everybody. Uh, hope everybody had a great weekend. My article today comes out of the San Diego Union Tribune, and I'm going to be throwing out a bunch of numbers here, but ultimately... Uh, somebody please fact check me um, because I I think this article it does state that the city's up, updated its budget with revenue up 8.6 million and I believe according to some data in this article that about a quarter of that is from Canvas businesses so I'm going to jump into it right now El, uh, the La Mesa City Council unanimously approved salary and benefit increases for managers as part of their budget adjustment for the fiscal year that began July 1 the salary bumps come with time when the city is doing well financially, council member Bill Bobber described how in the police force, some sergeants were receiving higher salaries than some other lieutenants, so they're increasing the police budget as well. I don't think uh, cannabis tax dollars should go to uh, increasing police budgets, but I'm not saying exactly that's what's happening down there, but uh, a couple more data points for you here. Um, employees will receive at least a 5% salary increase starting this month, uh, some receiving 7% increase. Other staff positions are benefiting it as well. Department directors and finance, public works, community service, and community development are getting a pay bump. Um, and then director of finance, Tammy Royal, said that the city's general fund revenue is up, like I said, about $8.6 million. The general fund revenue for the 2022-2023 fiscal year was originally about $53, uh, $54 million, uh, but staff update, updated the projections to $62.6 million. Now, vast majority of the city's revenue comes from property taxes, uh, and sales, but cannabis businesses continue to exceed revenue project projections in that city. The city's cannabis businesses tax generated about $2.3 in the 20 to 21 fiscal year, well above the estimated 500000 Yes, I would say that's well above the estimated 500000 Staff estimated similar amount for the 21-22 year uh, that just ended in the 22-23 fiscal year for the city's uh, 10 current retail dispensary locations. However, Royal said that this amount is expected to dip in the future as other cities open up additional cannabis businesses. I'm curious if folks believe that to be true or not. The operations are currently, oh, these operations are currently legal in Chula Vista, La Mesa, Lemon Grove, Oceanside, San Diego, Vista, Santee. For the fiscal year that ended June 30th, the city estimated reserves of 35.9 million. So, Again, I know I'm throwing out a bunch of numbers from this article, but what I thought to be uh, really interesting was that uh, if, if my math is right, I mean, maybe it's not the best way to do it, but about a quarter of the uh, uh, $8.6 in, which is increase in revenue, came from $2.3 in tax dollars from cannabis businesses. Um, I'm also really curious to see if the opinion of this article matches with the opinion of my uh, folks in this room and on stage. Do we think that revenues will dip as more cities open up? not sure if that's the case um curious to see what people think really appreciate you allowing me to share on this monday morning my name is chris eggers and i'm reporting for the state of cannabis chris are you saying that cannabis tax funds are going to fund salaries of politicians sounds like the, no um, it sounds like these uh funds are going to the general fund and then the, the general fund is increasing a bunch of salaries so not directly associated with it but if it does go to the general fund uh then in part uh some of that money is going to be used to increase their police budget and also increase some other uh salaries that were mentioned in this article and this is for san diego county correct chris this is for uh la mesa the city of la mesa um G jason do you think that if uh more dispensaries start to come online in the area that they're going to see a dip in revenue no, they're actually going to see an increase in revenue because there is a number of people that shops are too far from them for them to, to go and shop at on a regular regular basis. And so um, as more shops open in, in less populated areas, there's definitely going to be an increase in taxes. So then is, is by somebody saying, oh, well, this, these revenues are going to dip once more stores come online, is that just um, not understanding how things work and, and how can um, – uh, Council members, you know, further educate or city managers further educate themselves to see what's really going on. 
Well, I think what it is is, is the council members trying to trying to cover their ass because they just gave themselves voted for give themselves a pay increase based off the fact of this influx in tax revenue from cannabis that is a new source of revenue for them. Yep, and they 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 projected about half a million bucks and then ended up uh, collecting two point three million. I mean, that's that's a pretty significant increase. Uh, I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a, I mean, they should have just paid themselves a dividend instead of fucking a, a salary increase. It just shows that those politicians don't know what they're talking about when it comes to business, right? That's all it indicates. They should stay in their lanes, talk I about mean, politics, it, talk about that. They don't understand business. For, for most politicians, if they understood, if they understood business, they would have never got into politics. Yeah, great point. Exactly right. Not, not to mention, uh, someone told me a, a really funny story the other day. They said, uh, "You know, the reason people get into politics is because they want to change something." The reason people stay in politics is for revenge. Yes, indeed. Did, did uh, hey Rico, Rico, you, you you were listening to this little conversation real quick. Did my article just bring Chris and Jason to to agree on some sort of common point? It is, man. That's, that's the beauty of the cannabis industry, man. Wow. It, it brings people wow. from polar opposites politically together to get in this <laughs> yes. this international uh, cipher. Chris and I have also both both agreed that his story today was fucking amazing. That's that's true, true. Yeah. Look at that. Bring, bringing white people together from across the globe. Yes. We, 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 need to, we need to keep on smoking, uh, Jason. Um, please, the next door, we're running out of time here. Coming up next, she's an attorney of law focused on bridging the gap between cannabis, entertainment, and psychedelics. Coming next to the stage is the founder of Cannabis Blog and Podcast, Shall We Coke, and our very own G.I. Jane. It's none other than Shalina Panu. As Jason, good morning, everyone. My name is Shalina. My headline comes out of Marijuana Moment by Kyle Yeager. DEA, my, DEA may find itself in federal court again over refusal to provide psilocybin access to terminally ill patients. Uh, the DEA may soon find itself in federal court again over its refusal to grant a doctor access to psilocybin to treat his terminally ill patients under the right to try uh, laws. It's been more than a year since Washington State uh, physician Sunil Agarwal of the Advanced Integrative Medical Science first sought permission from DEA to obtain psilocybin to treat severe anxiety, depression, and cancer patients. The subsequent denial led to a court challenge with plaintiffs asserting that the agency was not following a federal RTT statute intended to let patients with terminal conditions try investigational medications that have not been approved for general use. The U.S. Court of Appeals for the Ninth Circuit heard testimony in the case and received amicus, amicus briefs from various organizations, as well as bipartisan state attorneys generals who supported the challenge. But it ultimately rejected the case on procedural grounds, determining that it didn't have jurisdiction in the matter because DEA's position was not a final rule. The DEA argued in a 2021 letter to attorneys for the plaintiff that there's no statutory carve-out permitting it to authorize Agarwal to obtain psilocybin under RTT. The agency should suggested that the doctor go through the onerous um, an process of applying to be certified as a researcher authorized to study Schedule One drugs. After that decision was handed down in January, the petitioner sent another letter to, to, to the DEA asking whether its position constituted a final decision. On June 28, the agency the request that restates the previous quote DEA. It finds no basis for reconsideration of its February 12, 2021 letter because the legal and factual considerations remain unchanged. It said at for, as first reported by the microdose. Quote, nonetheless, as DA previously indicated, the agency welcomes applications for registration by practitioners seeking to conduct bona fide research with Schedule One controlled substances, including psilocybin, unquote, it said, without explicitly saying whether or not the position was filed. Uh, final. Catherine Tucker, a special counsel at the Emerge Law Group representing the plaintiffs, said in a blog post on Friday that they sent the DEA a reply to the latest response the following day out of an, quote, abundance of respect to the administrative process, again, asking the agency, agency to say whether its decision was final. If the DEA declines to clarify that point by July 20th, the plaintiffs will take that to mean it is a final policy, which they said, which they say would empower them to take the agency back to the federal peers, appeals court before the same three-judge panel and get to the merits of the original challenge. Quote, we will seek expedited review because of the urgency presented by the inex ex ugh, 
inexorable uh, progression of terminal illness faced by Dr. Agarwal's patients, Tucker said. Relatedly, activists, including one of the plaintiffs in the RTT case, uh, Aaron Baldishweiler, staged a demonstration outside of DA headquarters in Virginia in May, demanding that the agency allow terminally ill patients to access psilocybin therapy. An arrest was meant to call the attention to the T obstruction of right to type right to try statutes at the federal and state level that patients and advocates say should facilitate legal use of psychedelics. Advocates have pointed out the FDA has already granted psilocybin a breakthrough therapy designation. Um, and then in January, a bipartisan group of members of Congress sent a letter uh, urging the DEA to let terminally ill patients have access to psilocybin. The agency lawmaker said it is, uh, quote, obstructing, obstructing access to psilocybin for therapeutic use consistent with the letter and intent right to try laws. Separately, the DEA recently announced that it is taking the rare step of holding a hearing on its controversial proposal to place five other psychedelic compounds in Schedule 1, an action that scientists say would significantly hamper uh, emerging research into their therapeutic potential. The DEA said in a notice published in the F the Federal Register on Wednesday that a hearing will be held on August 22nd, and any person who can demonstrate that they've been adversely affected or agreed by the proposed scheduling decision can request to testify. Uh, the agency first proposed scheduling the tryptamines, uh, which are scheduled here, uh, in January, and it faced significant pushback from the research and advocacy communities, receiving nearly 600 messages during a public comment period with most opposing the rule change and requesting a hearing. The DEA's own administrative court subsequently agreed that there was a need to hold a hearing on the matter before the prohibition could be enacted. The agency has separately increased production quotas for the production of certain psychedelics like psilocybin in an effort to promote research, but its scheduling decisions have continued to represent obstacles for scientists. Meanwhile, the DEA also recently revealed that it seized far more marijuana plants and made significantly more cannabis-related arrests in 2021 than in recent prior years, despite reform efforts in states and Congress. What are your thoughts on this? My name is Shlyn, I'm reporting for the State of Cannabis News Hour. Nobody got nothing on that one? I mean, I just love I just love the story personally, and I, I can't wait to hear more and see what happens in this trial. This is the second time they've gotten a refusal. Uh, the one part about about taking the government to court, though, is that even when you think you win, you still lose. And, and it seems like the the DEA is, you know, they've just gone fucking rogue. They don't give a fuck about anybody's telling them what to do. They do what the fuck they want to do. But let's keep smoking the news. Who we got bringing us home today, Jason? They're like Cartman. <laughs> Whatever. I do what I want. Exactly. Exactly. Coming up next, one visit to this office is sure to get you access to all kinds of blue pills. All shapes, sizes, colors are always included. Welcome at this safe space. She's the Plants for Life CEO and dual board certified physician, always promoting cannabis as medicine. And if you play your cards right, you'll mix some yellow ones with your blue ones to make a greener experience. Coming up next to the stage is none other than Dr. Alicia Dawson. Thank you so much, Jason. Happy Monday, everyone. Glad to have you back in the room, Susan. My article comes from Daily Journal. Mom on marijuana, as Mississippi physicians prepare for medical cannabis, many are keeping quiet by Caleb McCluskey. Mississippi legalized cannabis earlier this year, and the author of this article was having a hard time getting any physicians to speak about the possible impact it will have on medicine in the state and whether or not they were going to prescribe it. The Daily Journal reached out to two dozen specialists, physicians, and clinics in northeast Mississippi to see how things were going. Many did not respond despite multiple attempts to reach them. Others stated no comment. Large healthcare systems are being extremely cautious about speaking publicly about medical cannabis and going so far as preventing their physicians from talking to the press. Northeast Mississippi Medical Center employs physicians of multiple specialties. Spokesperson Morgan Berger told the Daily Journal that no physicians were available for interview and the healthcare system is following details as the state releases them. Quote, our leadership, including physician leaders, are currently reviewing the information and participating in education sessions related to the new law, the accompanying regulations and experiences from other states, end of quote, she said in a written statement via email. He got a similar response from Baptist Memorial Hospital in Oxford. Dr. William Owens, a neurologist at Mid-South Neuro Neurology in Corinth, 
said he planned to implement medical cannabis in his practice, but only through referrals. He said the standard practice in his field is to refer patients to a pain or sleep center. Quote, it'll be interesting to see if there will be a consensus from neurologists on referrals versus prescribing, he said. Most neurologists, I don't think, are going to prescribe medical cannabis. He does predict that 25% of physicians will probably get certified, and he anticipates a high demand for certifications. On the other hand, Dr. Matthew Wesson, a ophthalmologist who retired last year, attended the certification course held by the state. This was absolutely the best, he said, and most important meeting that I have ever been to. I learned a lot about marijuana and addiction in general. The turning point for Wesson regarding cannabis was a friend who was diagnosed with cancer. Nothing helped his friend until a physician suggested cannabis, which was illegal at the time. Wesson said there was a marked change in his friend's quality of life with the use of cannabis while terminally ill. His advice to other physicians who are hesitant about cannabis is to, if it's not, if your other medications aren't working, give it a try. His colleague, optometrist Fred Mothershed, initially had some reservations about medical cannabis, but speaking with Weston, who was his former business partner, changed his mind. Mothershed said his plans to take the state's continuing education course and register to prescribe medical cannabis. However, he doesn't expect to prescribe cannabis to his patients often unless they specifically ask for it. This article demonstrates that there's significant hesitancy to to publicly embrace medical cannabis by the establishment and that the more physicians come out of the closet and speak to other physicians, the faster things will change. I am reminded of Dr. Bonnie Goldstein's relating a story about her doing a presentation right before the pandemic at Children's Hospital in LA, where she's on staff. Although the venue was standing room only, the entire neurology department boycotted her talk. This is Dr. Felicia Dawson reporting from the State of Cannabis News Hour. And I'm done speaking. Lands the plane right on the nose. Oh, yeah. In Mississippi. Once again. I mean, any California doctors, if you want to make some real money right now, go and get your medical license in Mississippi and start that paper mill. Uh, doctor's office out there and you get some cash. Love them in my crooked letter and hope they get their shit together because uh, there's a lot of opportunity there in the Mississippi Delta 8. <laughs> that was a great show and if you guys missed it, you can catch it anywhere you get your podcast. Please subscribe and leave us a review. A big thank you to all the correspondents that come through the, all of the headlines each and every day bringing us exactly what we need to know. Big thank you to my co-host Jason Beck and also Nanogram is back in the building even though she can't figure out the buttons on Twitter. We're going to help her get that shit together. So she can she can grace us all with her voice tomorrow and it won't just be me and all, all me and Jason opening and closing the show. Big thank you to absolutely everybody. Hope you had a great 7-10 and um, huge thank you to everybody else on the team behind the scenes keeping this motherfucking thing together in absence of nanograms and we will be getting this shit together so the chat will be returning this week uh, once we open up our discord channel so everybody from clubhouse and from twitter spaces will have one place to come together and talk your shit anything any other final words before we close it out today jason nothing um just the fact that i really can't wait to try out that pedo pete peter cottonmouth weed that's going to be released next fourth morning <laughs> we're doing some pedo hunts right now it's guaranteed to make your mouth frothy absolutely love it love you guys you know what country you're in you've been tuned in to the state of cannabis news hour <laughs> where we collectively move policy forward in an inclusive and sustainable way Start your morning on a high note and join us every weekday, 9 a.m. Pacific time for the State of Cannabis News Hour, your daily dose. Bye. <laughs> so that Stay faded, my friends. Say goodbye, Rico. Goodbye, Rico. <laughs>